Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. We start a brand new week. It's the 24th day of April. I'm Paul White, and I'm going to try and move through another story in the ninth chapter, I'm sorry, the eighth chapter of Mark as we are continuing our journey in that gospel. Before we do that, I want to remind you, actually, it's not remind you, it's a it's an inform you that we have posted a brand new chapter to our Between the Pieces walkthrough. This is available in our additional content segment at paulwhiteministries.com. This is our paywall segment. Um, for $50, you get a password that gets you behind that paywall to get some stuff that we've never posted anywhere else. We've got some, we've got an entire class, uh, several class sessions on Righteous Saul versus Righteous Paul. We've got the audio book for that book is available there. We have the entire author walkthrough for Revelation to Transformation. That's over 40 videos. And every time we post a new chapter to Between the Pieces, we are putting that one in the paywall as well. And so we just finished chapter 8 in the last couple of weeks. So there's three segments on chapter 8. Uh, you can get them now at paulwhiteministries.com and at the additional content. So just go, you, well, you can see that when you go to the website. That's, that's why there's a website. So you can check all that stuff out and you can catch up on what's available there. Okay, we are... Moving forward in our journey in the Gospel of Mark, we are in Mark chapter 8, verse 22. Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. Uh, Bethsaida is a little fishing village on the north side of the Sea of Galilee. It is home to Philip and Andrew and Peter, at least according to some other spots in the Gospels. So they go to, basically he's heading to the hometown of a few of his disciples and maybe there they will rest. They'll visit some of those family members. It's just an opportunity, uh, not just for ministry, but probably for personal. But that's an interesting fact is that wherever Jesus goes for his personal time, it seems as if ministry will encroach. And so there's really not a big difference there. He has to go make time for himself frequently, but we don't ever see Jesus say, look, I'm on my private time here. I'm just here to hang out with my friends. Uh, I'm not here to do anything else. We do see, uh, we, we see that Jesus allows people to encroach upon his time and he follows the Holy Spirit through that. And that's a, that's a careful balance when you're in ministry. You do have your personal time, you have your time when you need to refresh your batteries, but you, we don't ever shut up our bowels of compassion. So we're all, all of us, watching for, waiting for these opportunities to allow who we are as men and women of God to shine through. That's what happens when the blind man approaches in verse 23. He took the blind man by the hand and he led him out of the town. And the fact of leading him out of the town, some scholars say leads them out because there's so much doubt in the town. I don't know. that it, It's difficult to say that that's why is because there's so much doubt. What we can say for sure is that he leads him out of the town and maybe leading him out of the town is to lead him away from the crowd. It's just to have some private time. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And this is in contrast to the moment in the Gospel of John where Jesus spits on the ground and makes mud 
and then rubs it on a man's eyes and sends him to the pool of Siloam. Here we have him spitting on the man's eyes and then asking him if he can see. The man looks up in verse 24 and says, I see men like trees walking. And he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. We don't know if the guy does what he's told to do. Probably not. Most other people don't hide miracles very well either, especially if you were blind and you're going to go act like you're still blind. No, but Jesus is most certainly trying to avoid the press. And that, that last verse probably leads us to the reason why he brought him out of the town in the first place. He wanted to do something great for him, but he didn't want the credit. He didn't want the buzz of the crowd for doing something great for him. But all of that's peripheral. The real big issue in this story is why does Jesus, who heals according to the hand of God and by the will of God, why does it take him two touches to bring healing to the blind man? He spits on his eyes in verse 23 and asks him if he can see. And the man says, well, I see men like trees walking. In other words, I see something... But I don't know what it is. The fact that he could identify the difference between men and trees might mean that at one point this man had had his sight. And now that Jesus is beginning to heal him, he can see, but it's a conglomerate of things. Otherwise, if, he's, if he'd been blind you know, from birth, I don't know, maybe it would be a little more difficult to know the difference between what a tree and a man is supposed to look like. I know that seems odd to us that know the difference, but maybe not so much for him. So then Jesus puts his hands on his eyes again, and boom, he sees everything clearly. What are we to take away from this? Is there a problem with the man's faith? Well, quite frankly, the man just asked Jesus to touch him. Jesus is the one who did the spitting part. The man didn't say, would you spit on my eyes and give me healing? So we're not, I'm not going to make any assumptions about the man's faith. I'm also not going to make any assumptions that the man's right or wrong about seeing trees walking. The point of the story doesn't seem to be that. It also doesn't seem right to me, based upon the, the rest of the body of Jesus' miracles, that Jesus was just having an off day. That today, you know, he tried spitting on the eyes, and well, that didn't really work, so then he went to his old tried and true touching him. I think two things are in play here. One, now notice that I said I think, okay? Here's my opinion. I think two things are in play. Number one, I think that we are being shown that Jesus never heals blind people the same way twice. It's as if the Holy Spirit doesn't want to develop a pattern with what is a particularly new miracle. There's no blind people healed in the Old Testament. Jesus comes along healing the blind. In fact, Jesus even adds a line in his reading. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He hath anointed me to uh, preach the gospel to the poor. Recover of sight to the blind. That's not in the text. Jesus adds it. It's as if by direction of the Holy Spirit, he goes, okay, we're going to do a new thing. We're going to heal blind people. But we're, but we're going to do it in a way in which shows you the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's We don't do things, things the same way twice. That's one thing. The other thing that I think is happening in this story is this becomes the standout story in the Gospels that tell us that sometimes we just need to go back. That you've had an encounter with Christ and things are changing. But don't just stop. Go back to Jesus. Jesus touches him twice. 
And in touching him twice, he gets the fullness of the miracle he's looking for. It doesn't say to me, Jesus doesn't have enough power to do it once. It says to all of us who are in the process of receiving our full healing in whatever area, view it as a process, not as a singular moment. We move on to a great confession by Peter about Christ tomorrow. Have a great day. God bless.